the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In Samson, we see a rather unruly, wild man who is used for God's glory in spite of himself. Well, today, we'll take a look at some of the hidden meanings behind Samson and how Jesus Christ shows up in this man's life. there, and welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward and online at grace-bible.com. We are back in Judges today as we return to our study through Judges. Today, chapters 14 and 15. We'll start in verse 12 of 14 and work our way to verse 8 of chapter 15 throughout the week. Samson's revenge for God's glory. And we do see the mystery of this parable in Judges 14, verses 17 through 20. That is where we catch up with Pastor Jesse on today's Way of Grace. Let me remind you, the Word of God is designed to point us to one person. That is the Lord Jesus. And you and I will never understand the text unless you know that Jesus is the through line, the scarlet colored thread the key to all interpretation, the answer to the riddle. If you don't know that, you won't understand anything the Word of God is saying about what God is doing in the redemption of sinners, particularly when we're dealing with an enigmatic character like Samson. I warned you about that last week. I told you, Samson, it's hard to read for intellectuals who think that they actually can just kind of and a knee-jerk reaction determine a book by its cover. And often people think they can handle the Word of God the same way. Nothing could be further from the truth. Unless God opens your eyes, you can never understand the meaning of God's Word. What you have before you is a man who is on a mission. And he's smack dab in the middle of his mission. He is nowhere near outside of the parameters of what God wants him to do. I'm thankful for Samson. I told you God prepared him before he even had a being. We therefore believe in the doctrine of election. God chose you in Christ before you had a being. He chose your savior before you committed a sin. That means he was prepared for your stupidity before you engaged in it. We had a savior before we were sinning in order that one day we might come to be able to know that Jesus saves. Now, our Lord Jesus comes in the volume of the book, as he said, and as David, the uh, inferior Jesus said in Psalm 40, and we need to keep that in mind as we deal with our text today. Now, we got some hard things to deal with today, and uh, my prayer is that the young people basically get it and that the old people hold on to their seats. 
Because you know there is a generation gap that often makes it hard for us to get alone. So you young people, I just want you to put this in your back pocket because you're going to need it. You old people, you get a chance to say, yep, I messed up again. But by the grace of God in Christ, and only by the grace of God in Christ, do we ever get marriage right? The title of our message then is Samson's Revenge. Is that the title? Right. So then in my own special notes, I have a subtitle and I said, I don't know if I should use that or not. But it's the hinge pin to the whole first mission that Samson engaged in. And it's verse 18 in our text. And the men of the city said unto Samson on the seventh day before the sun went down. What is sweeter than honey? And what is stronger than a lion? And he said unto them. If you had not plowed with my heifer, you had not found out my riddle. So my title is Samson's Revenge for Plowing with His Heifer. (laughs) Now, if you want to walk with me, you can or you can walk out now. Because Samson was no fool. The only fool among us are those that I've said before are people who think they know before they learn. All scripture is given for our, not our knowing, not our mere hearing, but our learning. I remember growing up and I used to love hanging out with the old people, even when I was Ruth's age. Y'all don't know Ruth, but Ruth was back there preaching a little while ago during the sermon. And they thought they'd take her out. But for me, she could have just sat there. Remember when we were a smaller church many, many years ago and the babies would be in worship with us? And the babies would always contend with my preaching. Y'all remember that? My kids would be that way too. Nate was a preacher when he was a little boy. Preaching while I was preaching. They liked to do that. Um, What we have before us is a very, very important principle that is rooted in a parable and a mystery. You cannot separate the parable from the mystery or the message that's wrapped up in Samson's temporary marriage. That's what verse 18 is saying. And when Samson says, had ye not plowed with my heifer, Immediately, about 40 years ago, I thought that was a very derogatory, like negative, uh, we would probably call it male chauvinistic approach to talking about his wife. Y'all do know that's his wife he's talking about, right? I was six or seven years old, ear hustling in on the old people. Did y'all do that? And I remember distinctly hearing from one group of the gender species. And it was always curious to me. They would always say, that young heifer. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That young heifer. Now, Brother Mario, I grew up on a farm. (laughs) 
I knew what a cow was. <laughs> and I'm trying to visualize who they talking about. Because I know what a cow looks like. I never heard it from the men. Now, y'all can correct me by email, on Twitter, or Facebook, however way you want to do it. But as I got older and learned that that was a negative thing that they were saying, I realized why the men didn't say it, at least out loud. I never heard it from the old folk. It was always from women. And this is going to actually help you as we unpack what this means. Okay? Because God's word never has a verse that's a throwaway. There are no throwaway verses in God's Bible. See, the parable in front of us is how Samson comes into a community celebrating the potential union and affinity of his own people with theirs by the marriage of one of those in that community. And as they get ready to celebrate the wedding, remember I told you last week they had already legally married because that's the way it was done in those cultures. Remember, Samson and his parents went down to Timnath to talk to the young lady and her parents because back in the day, arranged marriages were the way that was done. As I told you, there's no such thing as a son or a daughter that doesn't have parents that don't have oversight as to who they're going to marry, except in America. And so as Samson goes down with his parents and I was teaching you even then the virtues of Samson, he didn't just go run and get a bride. He needed his parents to approve of her and then make a contract with the girl's parents, which we would call today a nuptial agreement in protection of that young lady who is now going to be leaving her own family and going being part of another family. And that's why dowries were made. I love it. It was the servant of Abraham. When Abraham was getting old, he said, I need a wife for my son. And Eleazar, his servant, went high and low looking for a wife. And when he found her by the providence of God, that man had two camel burdens full of riches. He draped her with so much jewelry at the watering hole, which is where you find a good man, but there are not many watering holes today. (laughs) She went down to the watering hole, single, came back home gloriously arrayed in all the wealth her family could ever imagine as a token of the love of Isaac foreshadowed by the servant who laid it on her to let her know that the man that wants to marry her has all the riches in the world. She doesn't ever have to worry about a thing. When her parents saw how she had invested in the stock market (laughs) and that she had come home wealthier than she left, they said, we want to meet that young man. I'm teaching you something about marriage. Marriage is just not about feelings. Way more deeper than that. And so is love. Love is about covenant. Love is about commitment. 
Love is about character. Love is about principles. Love is about sacrifice. Marriage is about transition from one identity to another. Hence the gospel of the grace of God in Christ. And so what we see going on, y'all got time for me? So what we see going on in our text is extremely important for you and I to get. Samson has a grievance with these men for a lot of reasons. Under point number one, then, in your outline, as we are dealing with what we started off last week addressing was a parable. We call it the mystery of the what? Because that's what parables are. Parables are mysteries. Parables are enigmatic uh, phrases and propositions and narratives that carry with it underlying points of wisdom and points of insight and points of comprehension that's not obvious on the surface. Now, when someone casts a parable back in that day and even ours, what it is doing is challenging your intellect. What a parable is designed to do is to see how many people among you delight in knowledge, delight in understanding, delight in wisdom. How many people among you have penetrated beyond the shallow narrative and modes of communication that are often so empty of any kind of depth, so empty of any kind of rich relative, truth, eternal or otherwise. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We live in a culture that is super shallow and can't go deep in any kind of way. And what a parable does is challenge how you spend your time in your mind and in your heart. Now, what's important about the parable in front of us, as you guys know, is that's the way Jesus did his ministry for three and a half years. And without a parable, he did not speak. Hence, Samson points to who? And so as Samson enters into that time of gathering his bride, and remember I told you, he went home after the contract was agreed upon and stayed with his parents for a period of time. It could have been as long as a year, short as 30 days, but enough time to establish the principle that we hold today, that Christ came and paid the dowry for our sin and purchased us by his grace. And one day after the year of redemption, he's coming back to get us again. You ought to be happy about it. So you may not see it, but I'm rich. And I'm draped upon by all the riches of his grace and mercy and goodness and kindness and a partaker of the divine nature and the riches of Christ are mine because he loved me enough to buy me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, you know, I'm setting you up. You do know I'm setting you up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Isn't it good to be in Christ? Isn't it, be, isn't it good to be a spouse unto one husband as a chaste virgin? Isn't it good? That's the problem. That's the problem. So the parable 
is a kind of analysis mechanism that Samson uses to expose this people for the kind of character they have. That's what a parable does. See, Jesus all through his ministry gave out parables and the, the parables were befuddling and confounding to those that were outside. Matthew 13, 11, you've heard it before. He says, the disciple says, Lord, why are you speaking to us in parables, riddles, enigmatic phrases? Why are you do, giving us these kind of prose that doesn't seem to make sense? He says, because unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Y'all remember that? But unto them that are without, it is not given. So whenever a parable was given, it was a challenge to your intellect. It was a challenge to your depth of wisdom. It was a challenge to your broadness of understanding reality in riddles. And where you and I may have been buffoons because we waste our time with shallow things, we can't even begin to penetrate into the parable. And it would be as Solomon warned, who gave many parables. A thousand and three parables, along with the Proverbs, along with Ecclesiastes, along with Song of Solomon. Solomon was one of those enigmatic brothers, too, was he not? You're going to miss him if you look the wrong way at him, too. As apparently he thought one wife was not enough. And because Jesus Christ is the greater Solomon, Christ has many women from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue, infinitely more than Solomon. Although Solomon couldn't handle it, Jesus can. I'm setting you up. And I'm so glad that he drugged me on inside his harem. I'm glad to be one of Jesus, are you? But now, do you understand, once you become a spouse to Christ, as although your life is going to be good, you're going to have some troubles hanging out with Jesus. You hang out with Jesus and Jesus is going to take you to parties that you not quite used to going to. And he's going to engage in dialogue and conversation with people that's going to disrupt the power systems. Now, you hanging out with Jesus because you know he's the baddest brother you ever saw. But everywhere he goes, he challenges people with his wisdom. He is the logos. He is the word of the living God. He is the wisdom of God. He is the truth of God, is he not? Everywhere he goes, he challenges pretended wise men. So you go to a party with Jesus, you might as well be ready for a division. Because the power brokers holding the positions of authority who have hoodwinked the masses into thinking they're wise. When Jesus comes, he proves that they're fools. Am I making some sense? That's why your boys were wore out after three and a half years hanging out with Jesus. Jesus called them from being fishermen and tax collectors and all of that other stuff. And they enjoyed the first year of ministry. Jesus healing the sick, raising the dead, multiplying the loaves of bread, walking on water. Man, it was on. Everybody coming after Jesus for uh, a good year and a half, tens of thousands. And, you know, church folk love a multitude of numbers. That's what I meant by shallow. We love multitudes. Immediately we say when they're multitudes, the Lord's blessing. 
We don't understand that God has a tendency with the multitude to separate the wheat from the child. Like Jesus said in John chapter six, you only come into me for what you can get out of it. See, this is what Samson is about to say about this young lady that he married. I'm trying to get you out of pieces. Okay. Cause they're there, aren't they? The old Testament conceals the new. The new Testament reveals the old. They are all summed up in the person of Jesus. Lo, I come in the volume of the book is written of me. So Samson gives a riddle, and I talked to you about that. I want to just nurture this a little bit before I connect the riddle with the ruin of these men and his wife and her family, because they're all one. Under the first point, the mystery of the parable, there are three things I want you to observe. The method Christ used to do what? Confound. And that is to confound the multitude. And just to help those of you who don't know your Bible well, this phrase that's used in the gospel of Matthew, verse 13, uh, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, I want you to see it, comes out of the Psalms, written by uh, the Lord Jesus's great, great, great grandfather, David, who points to Christ. Here's what it says. And all these things Jesus spoke unto them in what? And without a parable, he did not speak. Now, that doesn't mean he was saying things at all times in every word in a parable. It just meant that parables were constantly employed by Jesus every time he dealt with people. The term parabole in the Greek means to take a phrase or take a riddle or take a concept and throw it alongside of your teaching instruction. Am I making some sense? And what it would be once again is to see whether or not men and women are paying attention to see whether or not men or women really understood. This is something I want to drive home right quick, whether or not men and women really understood the spiritual reality behind the physical world that they were in. See, the parables gave you an insight into what was really going on that you could not see with your empirical eyes. Like one of the greatest parables is the parable of what? The sower and the seed. And Jesus said, if you get the sower and the seed, you'll get why many are called, but few are chosen. You'll get it. But if you don't get that parable, you'll be deceived that there are tens of billions of Christians all over. Now, you know, I'm exaggerating all over the planet. But the reality is a lot of men and women don't know Jesus, even though they gather around him. That's what the parable is teaching because he wanted his disciples to understand that the end of his three and a half year mission, that he'll they'll look around and there will only be a handful of people who have continued with Jesus in his temptation. And this is what you're getting ready to find out about Samson right here, because this first mission is about how he comes down and they all celebrate him. And remember that brought a bunch of men to hang out with Solomon. They're called companions. Y'all remember that? companions came down to to party with Samson. And this is why Samson in the midst of the party said, all right, Lord, it's time to go to work. He will utter, I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter things which have been kept. What? Secret from the foundation of the world. Now, again, this is out of Psalm 49 and Psalm 78. Look at Psalm 49 verse one. I'm going to show you how this works. And remember, I'm going to teach you now. 
if you don't know. You cannot properly interpret the scriptures apart from Christ. You can give all kind of arbitrary interpretations that sound this way and that way, but they won't cohere with the totality of scripture because Christ is the key to the unity of scripture. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.